The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 172nd episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somewhat, and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. We will get to him shortly, but also, I have to say real quick, we have the lovely, talented Juan Renaldo Perez. You know him as JR. He is here with us on this episode of All Things Elite as we get closer and closer and closer to the point we are days away from AEW Full Gear. Uh, guys, how's it going? JR, how are you today? I uh, First of all, thank you, Austin. I don't think anybody besides my mom has called me lovely. I don't think my mom's called me lovely, so that means a lot to me. Thank you. And I actually, <laughs> last week, just celebrated my eight-year wedding anniversary, and me and wife are getting ready for a trip to Boston and New York next week. Uh, during Thanksgiving to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving and then like the early Christmas festivities in New York. Oh, no, tell them what you're All really right. doing, you traitor. Tell them what you're <laughs> really doing, you traitor. So I'm going to war games. You can't say it like that. It's not po- It's not as good as the sound because the other guy is now here. William Regal, the guy who made that show so big because of the way he says it. He's here, not there. Chris Brown once said it. These hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> Maybe talking about JR. Right like in case. I said, like, we're, we're quick. I told Floyd, I'm, I, this is the way I go Survivor Series. Survivor Series is terrible. I've never, I would never go Survivor Series. It was the only big four I would say that I, that I had been to. I would never go there. The minute that, as, like, as I refer to him now, Papa H, just up, we're going to do war games with Survivor Series. I told my wife, hey, we got to go to Boston. <laughs> all right man hey i, I feel you that i'm sure that'll be a lot of fun for sure um now uh we got a lot to talk about on this episode of all things elite now we are days away from full gear we had the go home show of dynamite we're recording this right after dynamite just went off the air on our day right here november 16th uh so we're getting all of our thoughts out right now fresh out of our mind everything just wrapped up we're not going to talk about last week's Dynamite because, all in all, it was kind of a filler show getting ready for the go-home show for Full Gear. So our focus is going to be on this and then our preview and predictions for all Elite Wrestling's Full Gear 2022 
full match card besides uh, any type of pre-show matches that were announced or buy-in matches. Those have not been announced, but the full main card seems to be announced already. So we're going to give our predictions to what that has, but that's down the road. Before we get into the entire show, though, guys, we want to make sure you guys continue to follow the show on Google or Apple Podcasts and download this show. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and a review. And the easiest way for you guys to support us is on social media. Follow us at AT Elite Pod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And JR, can you please let the lovely people know where they can find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lucha Professor. I will be honest, I'm in the middle, uh, as you know, as the world knows, we went through a little bit of a, went through a midterm election and I'm getting a, a detox from Twitter and all the nonsense and, and Elon Musk. So I'm there. I'll be back hopefully one day. But yeah, Lucha Professor. Yeah, he does not like when, the, when he doesn't like the Ellen Musk. Uh, now Ellen runs, Musk. Now runs Twitter. Yeah. That, that's a new one, yeah. Alan Musk. I've been hearing Muscatina. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've been hearing Muscatina. $8 for a checkmark. Garbage. Anyways, uh, we got a lot to get to. Now, um, I want to let you guys know that the, the notes that I have in front of me, which I always uh, look back towards when we do the show, we have a big news of the week that we always talk about. Um, and since we're coming right off of Dynamite just a few hours ago, just wrapped up and went off the air, uh, the big news of the week is uh, written down here as Floyd is annoyed. I did not um, even mean to rhyme that, like at all. Yeah, I was just annoyed, and my name so happened to be named he's, Floyd. He's annoyed. He's pissed off. He's angry. He's royally pissed. And uh, I guess should should this be your time to get on your soapbox? Yes. I'm not going to be the angry one for once. This yeah, time, okay. it's you. It's you. So three men. Start a fight at a press scrum, get suspended, and they get booked on full gear before FTR. How does that work? What? How does that work? We got 10 matches, 10 amazing matches. I think the card is really solid. You'll hear me talk about it in my more analytical, nice language. But fucking FTR is not on the card. I am flying to fucking Newark, New Jersey to watch Rampage in full gear. FTR has been used since All Out a lot. They stepped up when other people dropped the ball, when other people were distracting from the company. They stepped up. They worked. They've been to UK defending their title. They've been to Japan defending their title. Waving that AEW flag all the way around the world. Represent the tag team division. They had their match against Swerve and Our Glory. They did the business. You know, they did all of this. They, they'll tell you, cheer for the acclaim, love the acclaim. They, they scissored with the acclaim. They love the acclaim. Company guys. One of your best tag teams and hottest acts at AEW. And somehow, they can't get one of the 152 spots on your pay-per-view show. You literally put on the longest pay-per-views ever. I think the last time we were at a pay-per-view, there were 14 fucking matches. And FTR can't get a match? And I know it's Wednesday. You might throw it away online. But why are you making me wait? Why are you making me wait? Why are you going to make me do a right to Rampage for them to get thrown on the pre-show? I want to punch everybody in the throat. 
I love Tony Khan. I love how he books. But oh my God, why are they not on the pay per view? Let's let's look at this year. They only were on Double or Nothing because they came out with CM Punk to celebrate. You know, they got them all out. Woo! In a in a six man match, not for the tag team titles. Why can they not get a straight tag team match on a pay per view? That means something. Why is this so difficult? They are one of your best tag teams in one of the best tag team divisions in the world. And they can't find a team. You even got them an angle going around with the Austin, Austin, the guns right now, the gun brothers, they have an angle. So you have a match. Why are they not on the show? I don't want to hear about ROH. I don't want to hear about Wrestle Kingdom. I don't want to hear about any of that other shit. Why are they not on the title show of the company they fucking work for in one of their four, five this year pay-per-views? Why, why, why? Are they talking shit about AEW? Nope. Hey, we love Tony. We sometimes make jokes. Blah, blah, blah. Company guys. What the fuck's going on? I don't know. I am like, and like I usually come on here and for the life of me, even when I'm upset, I'm usually joking. I'm like, haha, it's all tongue in cheek. I am actually upset <laughs> for my guys and for my entertainment. It's it wouldn't be it would be different if they were injured, if they were in nothing, they weren't hot. Like I didn't really like them not being a double to nothing, but they weren't in anything, so I kinda understood. Uh, but now, nothing. You can't find a spot for them on the card. Why? I don't know. Explain it to me. I will pause and let my counterparts react. I guess we'll start with Jr. and then go to Austin. But yes, why is my? Why are they not on the card? I'll just say, um, and I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. This is there are some times where I feel that I don't understand Tony Khan's booking. You have by far, especially after ROH um, Super Card of Honor, the hottest tag team in professional wrestling. Like you, FTR was hot, hotter than anybody else. Probably the hottest tag team. I mean, honestly. I felt since probably like in at least three or four years hotter than the Young Bucks were at, at their highest point with just the way the crowd was just ravenous. And when I say that, I mean in America, was ravenous in the crowd that AEW was able to bring. And Tony Khan does this thing with some talent that he gets some hot, cools them down. Gets some hot, cools them down. And that's how I feel that goes on with, with a talent like FTR. And I don't understand it. I even with the feud with the gun club and I love Austin and Colton, but it's they're at a tag team. That's at a level below FTR and going into full gear, they should be in a, in a higher match with a higher caliber tag team. And I think the other part is obviously we know final battles coming within about three weeks, but we don't even know what FTR is doing for that to try to get us excited. Say, well, at least this is what they're doing for final battle. Um, th Tony Khan is in this weird predicament because he's trying to get ROH going by using AEW time and in FTR is representing ROH. And it's, it's a very weird 
dynamic that for some fans, they just don't feel like it works. Um, some fans, I think they enjoy it. But I think with FTR, especially with how hot they were, I mean, the way I look at it as it'd be like a team such as back during like the Attitude Era, whether it was like the New Age Outlaws, all of a sudden they got hot and they're like, you know what, let's just take them off TV for a few weeks. And, um, you know, I, I think I know it's an issue with because you have a lot of talent on the roster and you have to get everybody time on television. But Tony Khan needs to do something better, especially because of how hot FTR got. I feel and I'll leave it at that. I won't bring anybody else into it. But I uh, I hope they are jump into something very quickly post full gear um, because I think uh, FTR and the Acclaim are the two hottest tag teams in AEW, and not having FTR on AEW on a consistent basis, I think is not a good thing for Dynamite, or Rampage for that matter. Okay, so I will then chime in on this as well. Um, And yeah, I can definitely see that there has been a real big uh, miss... I don't want to go far as say as mishandled because when they use FTR, they use them well. So every time FTR gets used, it's in a proper way that gets crowds excited and they want to see them and they know that they're a commodity. But AEW has kind of gotten to a point where they've spun so many plates that they kind of have lost their extremities to reach out to something that they want to get on television, but they have other things that they're committed to right now because they just signed Jeff Jarrett and now he's in a tag match with Jay Lethal against Sting and Darby which is getting a match on the pay-per-view so Jeff Jarrett has a match on the pay-per-view but your biggest tag team with three separate championship belts in three separate companies isn't on the pay-per-view it's kind of a bit nuts and I can't for the life of me say that I fully understand it. Um, now, my personal opinion on this, and I don't really know why this wasn't the route that they went with. Why is the tag team title match not just a three-way tag match? Why is it just the acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory, which we've already seen, and it was with the acclaimed winning the title. Why is it not a three-way tag match for the titles? Why can't FTR be in that position trying to get another star added to themselves? It, to me, it just seems like, you know, if there was already something in place where we knew what was going to happen in Final Battle and we knew what was going to happen uh, through New Japan, what, they're def- what they were going to be doing there, then it would be understandable. But right now, there's nothing. So at this point in time, we have no word of what FTR is doing. And that's kind of insane because FTR literally has set the tag team wrestling world on fire in everything that they've done. And it just seems very confusing to me as to why they wouldn't be part of one of your big four pay-per-views. Now, again, all the matches that are on this card, very, very excited for, and all of them make sense. The Jay Lethal and Jarrett one may be the only one that I'm kind of like, do I really want to see Jeff Jarrett in a ring now? But I get it. Like, I get it. They just picked him up. And I want to see what happens because it's exciting. It's different. And it's something that I didn't think we were going to get. But there's got to be a real thing because 
we always joke about like you know people being like AEW's roster is too big. Haha, <laughs> yeah, guess what? Someone gets hurt and then all of a sudden someone slots immediately in and then there's no problem whatsoever. This is the instance where it's like that big roster and that big amount of people that they have at their disposable and now some people are getting left in the dust. My cat is literally meowing at a wall. But <laughs> regardless of the fact, I I get it. It's It's frustrating to see FTR not get a spot right now not saying that they can't still because we still don't know what the buy-in matches are and we still don't know if this is the full extent to the card but it is confusing to me why ftr isn't trying to how, how tony khan isn't trying to really use ftr as much as they could hell i mean you have the acclaimed versus swerve in our glory we're pretty solid that the acclaimed is going to win and then swerve in our glory is going to break up have the acclaim get the win and FTR doesn't get pinned and Swerve in Our Glory gets pinned because, oh shit, Swerve Strickland fucked over Keith Lee and then just blah 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 and then, oh, the FTR didn't win, but they're still in the match and they're on the card. It doesn't seem like that difficult of a way to get them in there and we've seen three-way tag matches in AEW done really well. I don't know why they can't be in there, especially when just last week we had them save the acclaim hand back the uh, the AEW tag team title saying like we want these back but here you go like and then all of a sudden you could just have them come in and be like no like we told you we want those back don't try to think that we're not going to sit around and try to get what we is rightfully ours right now just because we have other commitments so i don't know again i'm with floyd on this it is confusing it's frustrating Welcome, uh, the fact TK. that they weren't on the show yeah, the fact that they weren't on, on this Dynamite at all, also, not a good sign. Uh, but I, I got to say, it's, it's, it, you, you really got to figure out what the deal is. Because I understand, too, that they're kind of, like I said, the, the Ring of Honor stuff, they're tr- really trying to push Ring of Honor to get a TV deal by putting them on AEW, which hasn't really gotten anywhere since they made the signing. And people are getting tired of it now because they're like, okay, it doesn't seem like anybody wants Ring of Honor, so drop it is what people are saying right now. Uh, which I'm not, I don't even know if I want to go down that rabbit hole because I just don't think it's their place to be commenting on that because we have no idea what's going on in that regard. But either way, uh, yeah, it's 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 disappointing though for sure. But we'll see if things change. But I'm not, I'm not. I can I can definitely say I'm with Floyd in that camp. I'm I'm not happy with it, the way FTR has been used because I mean again they're still mega huge and that could change in a time period. You want to strike while the iron's hot. You're doing it with the acclaimed and I appreciate that, but FTR should be getting some love too. Like seriously, but I'm putting regardless. My, I'm putting on my positive hat now for the rest of the show. Yeah, we'll but move. I have we'll to, move had to get now, out, yeah. out of it. Had to get We're that out. Move. We're going to move forward now with AEW Dynamite that just finished up uh, taking place from Bridgeport, Connecticut. We opened up with a tag team match between Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli of the Blackpool Combat Club and Ring of Honor World Champion the Ocho Chris Jericho, recently revealed on The Masked Singer Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, So so the, the character he played on the show... Literally sung three notes, and my wife called in and said, "Is this Chris Jericho?" Like I, knew I had already knew, like she knew it immediately. Like she doesn't watch wrestling like that, but his voice—we saw Fozzie in concert. His voice is so, uh, his voice is so unique that there was no hiding it. 
and he didn't. He literally try to... opens up. He opens up singing it, singing uh, "Shut Up and Dance with Me." He's like, "Don't you dare!" The I'm like, "Hi, Jericho. How you doing?" Yeah. And then my dad, my dad was the only one who was a little confused. He said Jack Black originally. I could see because Jack Black, went, but Jack Black is more of a chameleon when he sings. He right. can do a lot of different voices, so I think he could sound like Jericho if he wanted to. But Jericho can only sound like Jericho. <laughs> Absolutely, no, exactly. Um, side note too, also opening this match, I need that Claudio soccer jersey now. Like I, I want AEW to continue down the path of the sports jersey merch. The, the acclaimed jersey, like basketball jersey, is sick. Still haven't got my hands on that. I would love to get that. The CM Punk hockey jersey, dope as fuck. And now we have this soccer jersey from Claudio. Beautiful. I love would, it, love it, love it. I would rock the hell out of an FTR baseball jersey. Sure, absolutely. I would, I would but, you know. Yeah, we, just keep the jerseys coming. They are a big, big, I'm a big fan of those for sure. So I would I would keep those going. I don't, I don't know what other things you could do. Yeah, what baseball jersey you could get going for what other team or, or what other wrestler. But just keep them coming. I like them. I like the jerseys. Um. So this opening match, we got a reuniting of uh, the uh, oh, what was their tag team na- name uh, back a couple years ago? Jericho and Sammy. They were uh, uh, the what Spanish the fuck? Was the sex gods. Spa- gods. Les Spanish gods. Yeah, Les Spanish gods. Yeah, Les Spanish gods. Sex gods. Oh shit, Les sex gods. Sorry, sex gods. That's right. Yep, yeah, my bad. Uh, but we got to see those two reunited a little bit. Um, and I thought this was a solid match. Um, Claudio. Um, and it's just, you got four really good wrestlers. Uh, Sammy, when he got thrown into the air, into the uppercut by Claudio, holy Jesus. Like, there were two spots where people went way higher than I thought they should have because they're just, you know, they just got whipped and thrown in the air. And it was there was another moment later in the show, too, that had that similar effect. But Sammy got fucking tossed in the air and then just knocked with an uppercut. Um, Danielson's injured eye was used a ton. The referee was distracted at one point, and Chris Jericho took uh, Floyd the baseball bat and nailed Danielson in the eye. Um, And he also tried to hit uh, Claudio with the baseball bat, but ended up getting swung around while uh, the baseball bat was not able to make contact. Um, Then the match finished off with Claudio taking the bat, holding it behind his back and then uh, proceeding to put him in a sharpshooter after the swing. And that caused Chris Jericho to tap out and a big win right there. Uh, as we get closer and closer to full gear for that four way, uh, Jericho just got pinned by Claudio, the former ring of honor champion, the guy who Chris Jericho beat to get that title. So little big moment right there. But uh, yeah, I thought this was a pretty good opening matchup. These four worked really well together and, And I think it was good for a lot of people that the Ring of Honor stuff, right out the gate, you got that Ring of Honor uh, stuff that you, either some people are into, some people aren't into. Um, and you kind of got it right then and there for people that wanted to see it and people who wanted to get, get it out of the way. But I thought this was a good opening match. Uh, we'll go to JR first for this ROH tag match. You know, the one thing with the talent in the ring, they're all exceptional. Um, but I, I'm just going to quickly move on and say after full gear, I'm ready for the Jericho Appreciation Society and Black Bull Combat Club to go their separate ways. I, I think no, for sure, yeah. 
So it's been a, they've had a lot of interesting matches, you know, and all the individuals in it, including Eddie Kingston and Santana Ortiz that were part of it, you know, going back to when Floyd and I were at double, or all of us were at double or nothing for anarchy in the arena match through the blood and guts match. But yeah, I'm ready for, uh, I'm ready for some, uh, some changes, but like I said, they're all exceptional talents. Oh, yeah, that's me. Now, um, I right, think, think this is leading to Chris Jericho, Claudio at ROH again, but uh, I'm really I'm really excited about this Fatal 4-Way, and this match was a great build-up to it. Uh, Claudio now has, I think, uh, some two submissions or a submission and a pin over Chris Jericho over the last few weeks, so we were really built up there. I just want to see uh exactly how it goes if uh sammy plays his role or is there some dissension between chris jericho and sammy but uh yeah we're really looking for how this fatal four-way ends yeah all right we then moved off and we had the aw world tag team champions anthony bones and and max caster the acclaim come down debut their brand new music video that they aired uh, we got to see Captain Insano in the intro of the music video, so nice little spot there for Paul White. Loved it. Um, in the music video itself, I thought it was dope. It had a nice little uh, beat to go with it, and uh, Max's bars that he put in that video was good, too, and the people that they got playing, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, were very good. After they got that opening music video we had bowens go one-on-one with swerve strickland in singles action daddy ass uh was fuming at swerve strickland because he was still injured after getting his hands and fingers uh snapped off by swerve on rampage a couple weeks ago he jumped him uh before he got to the ring and eventually got kicked out um and then then we got into this match where bowens got beat up a ton at one point anthony bowens had blood coming out of his mouth a bit um and Anthony Bowens took a lot of punishment, but also brought a lot back to Swerve Strickland. Um, however, he was not going to be able to beat Swerve one-on-one, and Swerve proceeded to uh, come out and just get a nice big victory heading into the full gear. And he, uh, well, they were really pushing Anthony Bowens' shoulder and how his right shoulder took a lot of damage and how he might not be 100% going into full gear. We'll see if they end up continuing that idea on full gear itself, if he's taped up in any sort of way. But Bowens takes some damage and gets beat up a bit by Swerve. Swerve getting a little bit of revenge after the music video, making fun of him and Keesley. And uh, yeah, I thought this was solid enough. I don't think it was anything outstanding, but it was good. It was a nice way to make sure you got the build going towards full gear. And uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and give this off to JR first. I have to agree with you. I mean, the one thing, as much as the criticism we had earlier with FTR, but the one acclaimed has been must-see television. There are people that I know that don't even really watch AW. Um, they, like, that love the acclaimed. I mean, you talk about getting up-and-coming talent, and this is what people talk about with AW is the future professional wrestling, and the acclaim is, you know, just very spot-on. The the best to me, in since all out, easily the top two reasons to watch AEW. Um, yeah. So when you talk about uh, the whole uh, 
the um, actual video, the diss track, I thought was hilarious, as always, with the acclaim, adding to their thing, um, adding to their just distinction as being the most over team in AEW. Uh, honestly, I think they're kind of Young Bucks level of over right now, especially at the beginning. I think they, they have reached a level of over that I, me trying to be as impartial as possible. Again, this is my positivity. I think they're the second hottest tag team in AEW history right now. I think they have reached that level. They have passed FTR. Uh, like everybody loves the acclaim is a real thing. I mean, these diss track things were getting when they were first doing them. On the YouTube channel, people were making fun of them. And now people can't wait for them to happen. They got their own segment before their match. That's how over they are. And it's uh, it's like, unfortunately, they might have done something to themselves. Because the claim is so over, it really doesn't matter if they win or lose. And you know what happens in wrestling when you get to a point where you're so over that it doesn't matter if you win or lose? You start losing a lot. Ask Darby yeah. Allen and how his uh, record has been over the last year. You just start losing because they know people are going to love you no matter what. But, uh, yeah, the diss track was good. Uh, he, he called Swerved uh, out for having little D en- en- energy, and I thought that was funny. Yes. And a lot of how they were cutting the promo and uh, with Keith Lee, and he was talking all proper and all that stuff. I just... I just it was like they didn't want to go too hard after Keith Lee because they kind of like him, but they went pretty hard after Keith Lee. And yeah, then, and then Swerve just dominated the match against Anthony Bowens. Not a big deal because again, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Anthony Bowens could lose his next ninety nine matches, and the claim would still be in the top ten in sales on Slap AEW. That's how over they are. I'm not saying you should do that because that's stupid, but. I'm just saying that's where they're at right now. They're so hot that when they say everybody loves the acclaim, that is not a catchphrase. Everyone loves the acclaim. Yeah, no kidding. We then heard from Ring of Honor television champion Samoa Joe. Now, we this will be one thing that we mentioned from last week on Dynamite uh, was the fact that there was a, there was a TNT Open Challenge by Wardlow. Uh, he beat up Ari, Ari Davari, and then when Powerhouse Hops came out and got called out by Wardlow, he was talking crap and was like, I want to beat you for the TNT title and keep my title. And Samoa Joe, who had been uh, accom- accompanying Wardlow for all this time, as for Ward Joe, uh, nails him in the back with the TNT, I mean, with the uh, Ring of Honor World Television Championship and turns on, on, uh, on Wardlow and... Just this episode after that uh, singles match with Bowens and Swerve, we had Samoa Joe talking to Tony Schiavone, basically being like, you're saying that it's a shocker that I did what I did to Wardlow, but it's shocking to me uh, because is it shocking for me to refuse to be a victim? Is it shocking that Wardlow ran his mouth week for week and failed to recognize the most dangerous man in the room? And because of that mistake, he paid the ultimate price. He said, I'm not going to be a victim like most people in this building. I saved myself, and if you or anyone has a problem with it, they can take it up with me. And that's when Hobbs comes down and being like, you know what? Uh, I've been kicking Wardlow's ass this whole time, so I can just come down and beat you up too. Wardlow, this music hits. He comes down and out from the back from the crowd and spears Samoa Joe. 
powerhouse Hobbs come in. The locker room has to separate all three men. And this would lead to the announcement that for full gear, we are getting the, 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 the traditional one match in AEW, which is the big meaty men slap and meat match. Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT championship. Um, and this, like, I, I point to this. I'm like, see, Joe got in on this whole deal to be able to be in this match for a three-way. Why Why couldn't FTR? But we, I digress, I digress, I digress. Um, but huge announcement, I do think, because I think this match could be a real stellar match because all three of these guys work really, really freaking well. And um, I think it has a lot of uh, uh, ability to try to make the TNT Championship seem bigger because, like I said... They really have not been able to run with that title very well at all. But I think this has the opportunity to really elevate that title as well to be able to give that a chance for it to be used in a way that people should pay attention to it because you have these three monstrous men who are going to fight for that belt, and I think that's a good thing. And I think it also gives Wardlow a big challenge that he has to beat two motherfuckers that beat the shit out of people. You got Ward, you got Wardlow going up against Joe, who turned his back on him, and Hobbs, who has had his number for a good bit of time. So... I, I dig this whole uh, thing that they're putting together, though. But I'll go over to JR first on this little segment and the match announcement. Uh, a few things. Uh, I'm glad the TNT Championship is being defended at Full Gear. I, I remember when we went through our, our all-out preview, um, the TNT Championship has very rarely been defended at an AEW pay-per-view. And I, and I think... Uh, one of the things that makes the title prestigious is being placed in an area where it's um, like a pay-per-view where you build up storylines for it. The second thing is one of the issues I've had with AEW is sometimes the chase is greater. The chase is better than the rain. And, you know, some situations, whether it's Kenny Omega's AEW championship rain, it was amazing. But in some situations, in this case, I think Wardlow getting to the TNT, becoming TNT champion, has was better than his run. Especially, he had a very horrible run as TNT champion in the summer, and I think <clears throat> finally in the most recent weeks, he um, getting some television time, being champion with matches of, like with Matt Taven. But I I feel like it hasn't clicked. And on the other hand, though, you have this. Another talent who's a big monster in Will Hobbs, who I think is ready to be a breakout star. And I think in this situation, this could be a little bit of reset where I would love um, these three guys. Obviously, with Samoa Joe, they're all going to have an amazing match, and I'm excited for it. But I would like to uh, see them go in a certain direction with Will Hobbs, which in then turn maybe get continue the feud with Samoa Joe and Wardlow heading in another direction, uh, potentially at final battle. All right. Um, I have to say this about uh, Samojo, and I picked this up tonight, that he is, you know, they say the perfect tweener doesn't exist. I think Samojo is the perfect tweener. Like, he cut a quote-unquote heel promo tonight. Didn't really sound a lot different from his face promos. Samoa Joe is Mr. Anyone Can Get It. Like, anybody can get choked out. He'll fight anyone. And everybody's like, oh, well, what? Did, he turned on Warlow. No, Warlow kind of turned on him. Because during Warlow's promo last week, and I know we didn't talk about it because, 
you know, we kind of skipped it, but doing well with his promo last week, he literally said, I'm coming for every title. Samoa Joe's a champion. So Wardlow literally declared war on Samoa Joe in front of him. What was a man supposed to do? You got to choke the man out. You got to. He just challenged you in front of everybody. Challenged your manhood. So, no. Uh, shout out to... Um, Shout out to Mr. Uh, Small Joe for doing what needed to be done. This, I mean, this match, uh, the buildup for this match, of course, with all the people getting out there. I would have liked to see some wrestlers get thrown around by these big dudes. But, I mean, did, I mean, this is like a drinking. This is when I first, when Warlow and Small Joe got, and then they first threw Will Hobbs in there. I was like, I can't wait to see this three three-way match and now we're finally getting it so it's been my dream for like six weeks it's my dream it's my six week old dream match so looking forward to it then we move on then to death triangle going uh up against uh ar fox and top flight so we have the inaugural evolve champion on AEW and and ar fox and darius martin is back after he suffered his uh, awful car accident that he uh, went through after making his return from his uh, injury that he was out for like almost 18 months, I believe. He's reunited. Top Flight is back, and I think that's a really big thing. Um, it's a little bit understated from the last time Darius made his return, uh, so this time it was a little less like, oh, he's back now again. Um, but it was cool to see, and these three did outstanding work, just flying all over the place, doing a bunch of crazy shit, um, just there was one point where um, I believe uh, Ray, Fe- uh, Ray Phoenix uh, had Penta uh, holding on to Dante Martin and he threw him up into the air uh, when he had him in like a in a, in a waist lock throws throws him up and catches uh, him and Fennec. What the fuck? Like that was the other situation where Dar- when Dante just got thrown straight the fuck in the air. Um, so I, I thought that was a crazy cool moment for sure. Um, but in the end of the day, the trios champions themselves, Death Triangle, win the match. And they re- they then get on the mic as Pac gets on the mic and then proceeds to say, do you think we're stupid? Do you think we don't know what's going on? And we haven't seen the videos and heard the rumors. And they said, if there's certain individuals who think they can just make their triumphant return on Saturday at full gear... And they can mosey on in and best the death triangle. That's ridiculous. So you know who you are. So it's this simple. If you want this on Saturday, bring the heat. Because I promise you, death triangle runs from nobody. Video plays. The clock continues to tick. Graphic appears showing death triangle versus nobody until fading in from nothing. The elite. It is announced officially that the elites are coming Full gear facing off against Death Triangle to try to regain their trios championships that were stripped of him after you know what took place. Massive announcement. Big, big move to try to get some more buys, I'm sure, as well. Big move there. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. The elite are coming back. They are finally free from all this bullshit, and we can have the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega back on All Elite Wrestling where they belong, where I want to see them. It's amazing to see. I'm glad that this whole thing is finally starting to go the fuck away because I don't care anymore at this point. It j- I just want to see them on my television. 
So I'm gonna jump. In, I'm gonna jump in uh, before Jr. I was just gonna say, um, me and Jr. came up with a brilliant idea, and we were hoping they got announced tonight. You know, they're doing two shows in Newark, right? Correct. Everyone mm-hmm. knows this. Yes, correct. All right, correct. All right. So Friday, that Friday, you know, the tickets always sell all right for Rampage, right? So they had a big Rampage show, like the second show ever in Rampage history. Me and Austin were there, and it was a great show. It was one of the best nights of my life, right? It was called The First Dance. Why did Mm -hmm. they build up to Elite coming back on Rampage and call it The Next Dance? Because I mean, listen. Here's the deal, though. Like, they're gonna take shot. They're gonna take their shots. I'm very much gonna be paying attention to whatever Justin Roberts says when Kenny Omega gets announced. I'm sure he's gonna rattle off all the things that Kenny Omega is better than CM Punk than at just to kind of give a last kind of fuck you. And he's undefeated against Ace Steel. You know that's gonna yeah, come yeah, <laughs> sure, absolutely. No, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna keep just driving it home. This will be their final moment where they really stick it to him. And, you know, I will stay very quiet and just kind of, you know, sit sit to my feelings um, and just, yeah, that, I'm just, that's, that's when they'll get their shot in, though. I was sure. just talking about popping a number for Rampage, you know, put it like do it just like that. And now almost a bull entrance from when they came in and then, you know, announced Kenny. I'm in a number for Rampage. June Akiyama is going to be on Rampage, bro. Yes. And I would say one out of 50 wrestling fans knows who that is. June Akiyama. Get the QR code for the WWE fans to figure out who the fuck he is. And I'm just saying, it's not going to pop a rating on the show, but I'm just saying the Bucks It might. does for me. It yeah. does for me. Well, I, you watch the show anyway. Yeah. That's not popping a rating. That's just the same person <laughs> tuning in this week that tuned in last week. That's not popping anything. <laughs> It's like, so no, no, I'm very, hey, I'm very excited about June Akiyama. When I was going off on my FTR bitter rant, I had a couple lines about Eddie Kingston and June Akiyama, but I'm really excited about that match. So I'm going to let that, I'm going to let that be. But uh, no, that, I just had to get that idea because me and JR came up with it and we just like, man, man, it would be super petty. So we figured they weren't going to do it, but it was, it was kind of fun. And, uh, but no, um, yeah. Them coming back on a full year, definitely. I definitely think they've sold a few thousand pay-per-views based on that. Because, you know, some people have not liked the energy of the build. And we'll hear about that from JR a little bit later. But, you know, and some people are like, oh, man, this is just like every other card. And it's still a solid card. Whatever. You you can stand on, uh, you can be on whatever side you want. But the idea of them actually announcing the Elite for Sunday and it's the elite versus the death triangle. In what day, in what universe is that not like a classic match? You know what Absolutely. I mean? You give them 10 minutes, it's a classic match. You give them 30 minutes, it's a classic match. Shit. You take two commercial breaks doing it, it's still a classic match. These six men know how to work with each other. After, it, it, this, the weird thing is, the Bucks and the Lucha Bros have multiple five-star matches in AEW together. Kenny Omega and Pac, uh, their match, their Iron Man match in Kansas City, uh, right before, I believe that was like right before the pandemic happened, is considered seriously one of the best TV matches in AEW history. Another five-star match. So you take those same three men on each side and say, hey, go have fun. Tear the fucking roof down. Because I, 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 
I don't see how it's not the first match on the card. I really don't. Everybody probably lead it off. Yeah, everybody's going to be looking forward to that. So, and again, remember the line they said before they went away: "Try following that." Yeah, they're going to say that to the entire card. Yeah, and it's going to be classic. It's going to be emotional. Uh, there's going to be so many people. Shout out to my my homegirl Christine's going to be there. She's getting her boys on the card. Uh, she, she does the drip. And she dresses like the Bucks quite a bit. So the fact that they're going to actually be on the card, I'm happy for her. You know, sad for me. Happy for her. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> on to our friend Juan Ronaldo. What's up, JR? Well, I don't even make notes, but I feel like boy stole my notes because I was best, I was going to allude to some of the stuff he said. If you look at the... Well, I based it on the conversation we had, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was going to talk about how great, you know, because I feel two ways about this match. Uh, Match-wise, I mean, you look at especially the first year of AEW from Double or Nothing 2019 through um, basically right before COVID flowed. You are right because that was a Kansas City show, if I'm not mistaken, Pop versus Kenny Omega, which was right before Revolution, which Revolution was about two weeks before the pandemic hit. But what Lucha Bros... And Young Bucks did in between Double Nothing 19, All Out uh, 19, All Out 2021, and then the few between Pac and Kenny Omega in that first year, you know, there were some of the best matches that set the standard for AEW that has continued to this day. And obviously, you know, Kenny Omega had one match, essentially, he had one match, you know, essentially from his return for two matches until, you know, the, the suspension. So hopefully he's still, you know still pretty fresh um, going into coming back. So match wise, it's gonna be very difficult for the other men and women on that on full gear card to be able to top what they're gonna do. It's gonna be near impossible with those six men. Storyline wise, uh, I'm very interested to see where they are going to go because part of me and the when the idea of how Floyd was. I actually would have liked them to come back. I think they're going to come back as baby faces, obviously. But because of the way, like, everything was being, like, uh, the video packages, like, they were being erased, I would have liked them to come back as heels and say, you know, after all this nonsense and everything we've done, it, like, you, you're you trying to erase us from AEW history. There's no AEW without the Elite and just be, like, really big heels going into the next, uh, you know, year. Obviously. Nothing's been said, so anything is possible. Um, but match-wise, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I'm interested, not just what goes on at Full Gear, I think all of us are, but that first promo, the Elite Cuts, whether it's at Full Gear or next week on Rampage. Or, excuse me, Dynamite. Yeah, all right. Well, we move on then to All Ego Page, Ethan Page, all ego Ethan Page, sorry, uh, facing off against Bandito in a world title eliminator semifinal match. Uh, Bandito showed out a lot. He had a like a good section of this match where he just fucking flew with a bunch of outstanding moves. Uh, the moment where it looked like the Ethan Page was going to hit the ego's edge off of the top rope, and he turns it into a freaking like full on hurricanrana off the top rope massive huge move there and then hit an Eddie Guerrero style frog splash as well. Great. Ethan Page though proceeds to come out and come out and uh, get the big win and uh, 
screws over, uh, messes up pay Bandito as he knocks him off of the top turnbuckle, then proceeds to throw him down. He to throw him off of the ropes, hit him with the ego's edge, win the match, and uh, the firm's Ethan Page continues to rise, and I think he'll be the guy that uh, is looking to try to be the first feud for whoever wins the championship on Saturday. Uh, this was good, I thought. I like Ethan Page a lot. I'm glad that he had like little response when he came out and then proceeded to get on mic and been like, oh, that's the response I'm going to get? Fuck you. And it just, he turned it right back around. Uh, and that's what Ethan Page does. He's really good. Me and Floyd have talked up and down about how good we think Ethan Page is. And even if it's through the firm, which I know a lot of people are not fans of, um, I do like the fact that we are getting to see more of Ethan Page because he's very, very good, uh, if you're not familiar. But going to JR first uh, with this match. Yeah, Ethan Page, especially if you look for where he came from in Impact Wrestling, you know, he did a tremendous job transforming his transforming his look to where he is today that's a great promo he is somebody that you can you know whether it's the all-atlantic championship tnt championship that he should be at, you know near the top of the card and then eventually you know within a year a year or so you could see him being in the main event pay-per-view um and he, he's a remarkable talent and i look forward to seeing him in the in the finals um as far as bandito i mean i i've said this for so long about Lucha Bros and Bandito, you know, and I know people love him as a tag team, um, which is, but excuse me, I'm stammering. I apologize. What I said about Lucha Bros is the same thing that go for Bandito, but Bandito as a single star. Tony Khan, you found your next, you found wrestling's next Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio. There is a population. I've said this all the time about Pensa and Phoenix. There is a population of wrestling fans that. Has been driven away because they're starving for a main event Hispanic star, and Bandino is that guy. And you sign him to a new contract. I'm not saying put the belt on him tomorrow, but he is somebody that you should look to in the next year, either putting the TNT championship on, the Atlantic championship on. He is somebody that you should be featuring on a consistent basis to help grow your audience. Like when we talk about like casuals, I think that term's being thrown around a lot. But that is a guy that's going to bring in casuals uh, as far as we, as far as a civic demographic that is going to turn into permanent viewers for AW. I completely agree with uh, everything said about Mr. Bandito. Uh, the mask is cool. He has a very cool move set, especially that uh, slingshot uh, uh, German suplex that he does. Then he does the the stalling suplex where he lifts you up. He does so many power moves as a luchador that he, he's amazing. I think he has amazing crossover appeal. Uh, you know, when you first come into AEW, a lot of people gotta, gotta take some early losses, but when they decide to put the ball behind, uh, put the ball behind Bandito, the sky's the limit for him. I, I like, very truly believe he could be AEW world champion. I mean, in the lineage of, you know, they generally only put their top, top guys as AEW world champion. I think he could definitely be AEW world champion. Um, in this match, Ethan Page was amazing. He's an amazing kill. Um, 
I mean, like, seriously, I've even said many times, like, it's almost a broken record at this point, that I would literally build a company around him as my top heel. I think he's every bit as good as MJF in every way. I mean, especially once he got his physique together and he's ripped, I think, I think he's just, he's huge, he's strong, he can do comedic, he can do everything. And this match was a great match. The, everything was timed well. He got the pin. He's now in the finals, and I believe Ricky Starks has to win, or Ricky Starks and Lance Archer, whoever, has to win two matches before they get to uh, all ego. So I think they're going to end up pushing that match. Either they're going to make it a triple threat match and add it to full gear, or they're going to end up pushing it to next. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Next uh, Dynamite, I don't know. They really haven't told us what's going down, but uh, yeah, it was a really good match. Really excited about Bandito's future. All right. <laughs> We then had an AEW Interim World Women's Champion Eliminator match between the Interim World Champion Tony Storm facing off against Anna JAS. This is fine, honestly. You know, you knew that this was kind of leading into what we were going to get in the main event, which was the face-off. Um, Tony did well. Anna did well. Um, there's not much, like, to complain about the match. Um, it's just, you know, two girls that are good wrestlers, but just there's not much going into it. Uh, Jamie Hayter came in after the match was over when Tony got the win from the Texas Cloverleaf. Uh, they got into each other's face, had a stare down. That's your tease for uh, full gear. Um, you got it at least. So, I mean, you got a little face off there. So there's that. Um, I There's not much else I can add to this. You know, it, it was there. It was I like it's not bad. You just kind of can't say much about it if I have to say anything else. So, uh, JR, do you got anything you want to add to this? Uh, Semi-main, I guess we'll say. Though this was the final match of the show. Um, you know, one of the one of the things I talked about Jamie Hader is that there is a huge contingent of fans that want to see Jamie Hader become AEW Women's Champion, and I think there's some money to be made if you look into the next feud between a Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. And I think there the, there was. A possibility at one point that we're heading that that way, and until the big signing of Soraya, that you know that changed course, which obviously that makes a whole sense in the world. But you know, I I think uh, moving in, um, I don't think Tony Storm has gotten, I don't think she has the same traction as Jamie Hader, and I think there's just a lot of people that are looking forward to you know, uh, Jamie coming up on top of this and. You know, I think they're, they've done as much as they can to build this matchup. I think if you actually look probably in the last year as far as AEW women matches, whether it was involving Thunder Rosa um, in the past, um, but I feel like this, you know, they've done quite a bit to try to help it. It's just, it just seems kind of a little bit uh, like it's missing that, like you have, you have your, and no pun intended, like you have your stick of dynamite, but you're missing like the fuse. And I think that's just like the one thing that's like it's there. It's just I feel like there's just a little something missing to give it that explosion. Yeah, this was the obligatory women's match on a, a dynamite show. That 
that's that's what it was. The face off was the face off. I literally like I have no real comments other than that. All right. Well, then we'll move on to the main event besides the match, which was the face off between uh, John Moxley and MJF. Uh, Floyd, do you want to take this over? Because I think my internet might be kicking in and out, and I don't want to talk about what happened and then get booted out. So you can just uh, let let the people know how this segment went. Okay, so John Moxley comes out and uh, cuts to John Moxley promo. He's the toughest person. He doesn't care. He'll fight anybody. He'll beat them up. MJF's not ready for him. He's crazy. He's not really right in the head. Blah blah blah. He's Terry Funk promo, old school Terry Funk promo with a little John Moxley mixed into it. He's crazy, dude. MJ, uh, the um, firm comes out, um, uh, and it's um, not even in the whole firm at first. It's just uh, Malcolm. What's his name on here? Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway. I almost called him Malcolm Bivens, so I stopped myself so I could get some assistance. Stokely Hathaway comes out, and then the firm comes out and attacks Moxley, and they hold Regal in the corner. I just want to throw that out there. They didn't hit Regal. They just held him in the corner. I don't know if either of my counterparts noticed that. Uh, Then MJF comes out and has a baby face. Uh, He knocks out the uh, guns and then he goes up against Miss Cass and hits him in the nuts. And then uh, he ducks out of the way and, Ethan Page kicks Cass in the, I mean, Vic, uh, well, Morrissey. I keep calling him Cass. Morrissey in the face. And then he kicks uh, Ethan in the nuts. And, of course, Stokely was gone by then. And he said he was going to break his foot up in the ass. And then he cuts his MJF promo, uh, coming up with, uh, you know, saying, basically, I'm not that same guy. I don't care how many times you drop me on the head. If you bend my back or whatever, I am not going to lose. And I don't need the ring and he looks at regal and says right william regal and then he says the biggest thing the devil ever did was make uh making people think he didn't exist and there was a lot of looks and then he's like you know because i'm and crowds cheering crowds completely in the mdjf chanting along he's like i'm better than you and you and then moxley cuts him off basically says he's gonna beat him up again and it's just like i okay. think Moxley's promos. If you're a Moxley fan, they are 110% for you. If you're not a Moxley fan, they really sound similar every week. So, Mox is tough, and he's not going to lose to MJF. There you go. Uh, so, we're, that sets it up for the week. Uh, I'm actually going to kick to JR because JR has thoughts not on this segment, but this whole build in general. And I'm just going to, JR, you know, I usually try to cut you off from being long-winded. Go for it. Break it down. I want everybody to know what you think about this whole thing. So, obviously, we know the it's not a secret that the whole purpose of Full Gear was to get to MJ versus CM Punk. Obviously, because of certain actions, we had to reverse course. Which, for me, MJF and Moxley wasn't a bad substitution. You know, it's not like... Man, you know, I really wanted, you know, chocolate cake. But you know what? They had vanilla. It's cool. I still got cake. So um, for me, obviously, you know, and Floyd corrected me because, of, you know, sometimes there's a lot going on in AEW and I may lose track of promos that they have alluded to the MJF 
and Moxley match from All Out 2020. And MJF says, you know, I, I have to beat you. And I really love what he said. He goes, I need that championship more than that, you know, than water or food and, and everything. But, you know, the the whole direction with the firm and everything, I feel like they're, you know, it has really taken away from this match. And I feel like the build has been very um, subpar. And obviously, I know MJ, part of it is because MJF was out filming a, a the movie about the Von Erichs called The Iron Claw. Excited about it. Can't wait to see it. I just think it was just not done very well. And obviously, again, when you have to reverse course from the plan you have, you know, you go in a different direction. And, you know, I don't want, you know, it's easy to do hindsight's 2020. It's easy to do Monday morning quarterback. I just, I look back, though, in the existence of AEW, like, this is one of the worst builds, or I let me phrase that. This is the worst build for an AEW pay-per-view main event that I, that has in the history of AEW. And I attribute that to obviously the backstage issue and Jeff being gone. Um, I know that the, this weird tease about him maybe babyface getting beat up by the firm. I think it just was a lot of unnecessary actions. Um, if I would have done it differently, what I would have done is I would have had MJF cut his promo, say, you know, I'm a bigger star. I don't need AEW. I'm, you know, I'm going to get my revenge on you, Moxley. You know what? I'm out. And then I would have had him cut promos from the Hollywood set about how he's the next big star in professional wrestling. He's going to be out of professional wrestling in a year or two. Um, and then that would have got us till today. And you could still do the same thing. He gets an MJ. He gets in Moxley's face and says everything he gonna, he said. And we could have went there and did not need the firm to be there. Or the other thing you could have done is MJF just saying, hey, you know, I'm going to, you know, use the firm for Moxley to have to mow down through to get to MJF at full gear, as we've seen before. Um, sometimes it's okay to play a, a hit record, you know, playing them oldies because they're an oldie hit record for a reason. You know, people love it. So that's what I would have done. Um, you know, I also, I'm, I'm trying to take um, into consideration the issues that occurred that led us to this path. I will leave with this. I hope after full gear, um, and I'll go back to even before I'll out, um, after Double or nothing with the injury to the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. You know, AEW has kind of had a really weird trajectory. And I'm hoping after full gear, we have a good reset and everything gets back on track. Um, because the build at best was, was mild today. I felt leaving AEW Dynamite, it did not make me want to buy the pay-per-view. It didn't leave me wanting more. And one of the things that I did was, and as I say that, I don't just think about myself. I listened to that crowd. And MGF talking got that crowd excited. But everybody else, including the ending with them staring each other down, I mean, that crowd was very mildly, you know, involved in it. They did not seem very excited for what they were, what they were witnessing. And I just don't think that's a good way to, you know, that was your ending for your go-home AW Dynamite. I hope maybe something happens at Rampage. There's a lot going on at Rampage, so I don't know if they're going to revisit this. Um, but, like I said, hopefully after full gear, we hit a reset and get back on a 
new trajectory that's in the best interest of the talent that is a part of AEW. Um, because AEW, for even with the stuff that I've criticized about, including this, they they gave us a lot of good matches, great matches, good storylines, great storylines. Um, I just think you know this has been kind of a dark time in AEW, and they've done the they've done the most they can to withstand it. Um, but I think moving forward, though, I I hope that we um, are able to come back to what we know and love about AEW. Yeah. All right. I I guess I'll go ahead and uh, close things out on that because I think Jr. touched on a lot of things uh, that I was going to say already, which is that you know okay basically I yeah it's all good I'm talking right now, um so yeah Jr. pretty much touched on everything I almost everything I wanted to say, um, AW fans a lot of fans focus has been outside of the television product because of the brawl out and because of Punk and because of uh, all the fighting and the drama going on backstage. And, you know, it's it's been a problem and it's it people fail to realize how much of a hit this has given AEW. I mean, despite the fact that we're starting to really kind of see the light from the end of the tunnel, AEW took a hit because whether people like to admit it and this will be my one jab, CM Punk was the guy in AEW when he got here and they were going with him as the guy from that point onward. And it was going to be MJF versus Punk at this point for full gear. And then what happened after the show at All Out happened, and everything got thrown out of whack. So there's got to they they're trying to course correct. They're trying to really get back on their feet, and it's been a really tough time. AEW has done the best that they possibly can to try to regain their momentum that they had going into All Out, uh, but unfortunately they have stumbled. And with all the bullshit that has taken place, nobody was going to walk through that landmine perfect. So, yeah, the build hasn't been great. People have been way more focused on when CM Punk's buyout going to happen so he's officially gone. When was the Elite going to return? When was Ace Steel going to get fired? Blah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, also, Sammy Guevara got into another backstage fight. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, are, like, are the... Uh, are, are Malachi Black and the House of Black going to leave for WWE? Blah, blah, blah. People haven't been focusing on what's been happening on television because everything else outside of it, let's be fair here, it's been a little bit more juicy than what's been happening on television because involving a lot of drama. So I think coming out of all that, uh, coming out of full gear, I think a lot of fans are going to really get reinvigorated with AEW because I think a lot of these matches are going to be bangers. But you can't deny that it's been a t- that it's been a, been a rough build, and it's for all the reasons that Jr. mentioned right there. And it's for the fact that, look, CM Punk was going to main event this show, and now he's not, and he's never coming back, and he's done with wrestling, and it's not going to happen. So you got to find a way to, when your top guy loses, like, we talked about how AEW can, like, you know, oh, somebody's injured or gone. Well, bring this guy in. It's kind of hard to do with that when it's your main guy. So, you know, I give them credit for really trying to make it out of this situation, and bringing the Elite back for full gear is a huge move, and I think it's great. Um, but we'll see how AW kind of lands this kind of treacherous, like trying to re- regain their balance a little bit because I think I think they can make a really good, nice finish with how this show goes and then how the rest of AEW's 2022 goes leading into the next year. I think 2023 will also be a big bounce back year for AW from all of this bullshit. But that's looking too far into the future. That's going to close it out, I think, for our Dynamite uh, review from t- from last night. 
Austin. Uh, for the matches that were announced for Rampage, we have Athena versus Madison Rain, Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer, and then a tag team match between Eddie Kingston and Ortiz versus Jun Akiyama and Ko- Konosuke Takeshita. So those are big <laughs> matches uh, for Rampage. Uh, the big match for me is seeing Jun Akiyama. Fuck yeah. But I think now we can just quickly go into our preview for Full Gear and give our predictions, if that's cool with all of y'all. What, what were you saying, JR? You called Austin's name. I- I actually I wanted to say one thing, uh, and then I'll leave it at this. Um, and it's interesting. I just saw. Um, for those of you who don't know, obviously Austin and Floyd know I'm an educator, and I, so I read a lot about. Uh, I read articles and stuff, and there was an article that I read that said um, that a university did a study, and it found that an individual was the most proficient, excelling employee. But is toxic is um, likely to cost an organization more money and resources than individuals who are less proficient um, but are more positive employees. And I, and I thought about AEW about that. And and one of the things is obviously I'm not writing. I'm not Tony Khan. I'm not writing the checks for talent. But one of the things that I think that people loved about AEW is that when they the people they sign, they love the way the Young Bucks interacts with them. They love the way that talent like Orange Cassidy is. They love the way the the Lucha Bros are, and you you've heard a lot. Cole Cabana is another one. You you've heard a lot of good things about these talents. About you know spe- you know meeting with them and, and fan fests or interactions. And you, you know, for a long time, everything was hunky dory back, you know, backstage. Um, but then, obviously, AW, which everybody wants to do, is grow. And I understand that you look for bigger talent. But I think moving forward, you know, they have a lot of talent, and I think you have to be very careful on any talent that you're bringing in because that individual from Chicago named CM Punk, he was very, very good in getting pay-per-view buys and selling merchandise and you know and his segments getting you know popping certain ratings for some of the times he was there but thinking about how much resources and money that he you know because this incident has cost AEW and so moving forward um obviously if Tony Khan listens to us or anybody backstage is, is listening to that you know what they may somebody may not sell a million shirts it may not bring an extra 200,000 viewers, but at the same time, um, your core audience that loves your show and loves what you did and the heart of what you started AEW and back in 2019, um, those talent means a lot to them. And I think means a lot to what's important to your product. So I'll just leave it at that. I just thought that was very interesting. I read that today uh, as we're you know moving forward to this next part of AEW's 2022. All right. Well, do oh, you want to say something no, last, Floyd? He's just happy we got rid of Punk, is what he's saying. That's all. No, I get it. You know, I get it. Again, <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I, I don't, I didn't pick the side. I didn't eat. Well, here's the thing. I absolutely picked the side, but not trying to discredit the other side. That's the thing. I like my guy. End of story. And I know he's in the wrong, but I really don't care. And I still love the elite. But fuck it, like whatever. Yeah, I'll, yeah. let's get into the. I always, uh, I always let's point get... to the Shawn Michaels being one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. 
Shawn and Michaels. in the 90s, he was, was fucking toxic. <laughs> yes, he's still one of my favorite wrestlers. Look, maybe time. maybe Punk can find Jesus or something. I don't know. I doubt that'll happen, but maybe that... Uh, who knows? Who knows? Regardless, I'm done talking about it. Yeah. Uh, full gear. Let's get into our preview. First off, I guess we'll say the newest match that was announced, Death Triangle versus the Elite for the World Trios Championships. Death Triangle has been really petering in on this whole idea that like Pac's been trying to get the Lucha Brothers to kind of like get into a little bit of a darker side and use a hammer and cheat to win and do what's necessary and no limits of what you do to retain your belts. So that's going to cost them and the Elite are going to win back their titles that they never lost. So there you go. That's my that's my prediction. I don't feel like there's much to argue on that if JR wants to take that. Oh, I don't, I don't see how they, I don't see how they're losing. Yep, and Floyd. Let's go, Death Triangle. Duela <laughs> muerte. Hey, if go. you don't want to, hey, if you don't want to, everybody think that you're the UVP, so the belts get put on you. Come in first match back, do the job. You still pop the number. You're still popping the pay per view number. Loose. You can win it back later, but lose. Honestly, I would rather have Kenny Omega in the world title pitcher anyway. And I'd rather have Bucks in the tag team title pitcher anyway. But eh. I, I think the six I think the trios division is in great hands with the Death Triangle. Great hands. I think you Very use, true. I think you use those other three guys other ways to help increase the other divisions. All right. Moving on, Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in a steel cage. So we got the reigniting of this feud last week when Jungle Boy jumped Luchasaurus during his match, uh, and he was very much getting back involved with that. Um, I think because we're not getting Christian wrestling in a while because he's been dealing with his arm injury and he's been in a sling this whole time, uh, I think Jungle Boy wins this match by the skin of his teeth, and that kind of closes out this feud. I don't know if Luchasaurus turns back into normal or not at this point. I really don't <laughs> care. But I just go Jungle Boy on this one. Like, he's going to, like, like devolve into, like, the good, good... Something, man. I don't know. Like, his mask just, like, t- changes colors midway or lights yeah, go off. and all of a sudden he's got a green mask. I yeah, and all of a sudden it, lights, lights turn off and then his green mask comes back on. He's just like, I have a PhD. I have a... I, I have a uh, yeah, I have a PhD or whatever. And then, uh, no, a master's degree. And then all of a sudden, he's fine. So, uh, for me, I will say this. This is actually one of, this has probably been one of my favorite things of AEW since All Out. Because I'm really big, uh, I'm really big into old school wrestling. And I love blood feuds. And I feel like this is it. And so, the way that, uh, since All Out, um, is I can't wait to see Jungle Boy get his like get his due, like get his comeuppance. Well, I think JB, I think JB's gonna uh, win. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do because they're still you know waiting for the Christian match. But uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, this feud ends if Jungle Boy loses, basically, because, you know, it's like, well, if every time they wrestle, Jungle Boy loses, why is this still a feud? So, no, uh, I think I think Jungle Boy wins in this case. Um, should be a fun and exciting match. Again, I pointed out their familiarity with each other. 
they've been probably booking this match in their head for years. So, yeah, go ahead and tear the house down. I honestly, I probably would say this out of all the matches, it's my sleeper for match of the night. All right. We then have the three-way match for the TNT Championship. Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, I think this match is a situation where they really want to give Wardlow a big win to try to regain some uh, luster on that TNT Championship. So even though Joe and Hobbs are currently the more interesting wrestlers at this point in time, Wardlow deserves some good things going his way. I go with Wardlow retaining. So I'm going to go in a different direction that I was kind of alluded to earlier is that I feel that Wardlow needs a little bit of a reset. Um, and I think Will Hobbs is a hot hand right now. And my God, he has one of the, like, besides Arne Anderson, that spine buster I've ever seen, the way he talks and gets his head to it is just, I just think it's sexy. I love the spine buster so much. It's amazing. Um, I think going with him uh, as as a heel, as a monster heel, TNT champion is great. But as we're alluding to is that you have a, a, a Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up on December 10th at a special start time in Floyd's Neck of the Woods down in Texas. Um, and right now, all you're seeing is this, is this graphic of Samoa Joe. Um, you're not even seeing, you know, Jericho, who's the ROH, ROH champion. You're just seeing Samoa Joe as a team, the team, the TV champion, and if you notice, this match is only for the TNT championship, so I, the way I envision it is that the Hobbs wins, Wardlow determines that Samojo costs him the championship and leads to a, a feud that will play out over Dynamite leading into final battle between Wardlow and Samojo for the uh, Ring of Honor television championship. I think. Sorry, I have to be extra. Yeah, I just, yeah, I think uh, Wardlow's gonna pin Hobbs. It's going to set up Wardlow versus Joe at final battle. So, Wardlow. I just okay. don't think I don't think it's time to beat him yet. All right. Britt, Dr. Britt Breaker, DMD versus Soraya in her first match in years. Um, it's going to be the feel-good moment for Soraya to get back in the ring and wrestle. I think it's going to be a huge moment for her. I think she'll get the victory. Again, Britt Baker is one of those people we talk about so over that, you know, losses don't hurt her, but she loses a ton. Um, Soraya is the big person that they brought in, and they really want to use her for the women's division and give her a big chance to help uh, reignite the women's division. So Soraya wins. Yeah, this is, um, you know, an, this is probably right next to what I mentioned earlier with the Luchasaurus and, uh, and Jungle Boy, you know, this feud and the way I look at it, I heard there's a lot of different takes that people had about this feud. I look at it as kind of an old guard versus a new guard that, you know, Soraya was the one who kind of, a lot of people, if they don't remember, she was one of the first ones to really have that women's revolution when she was down in the NXT days, which was like right before the network had took off and really helped jumpstart that. You know, and I really, I think with her and AJ Lee, what they did was really important to get to eventually Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and so on and so forth, which it gets us to today in AEW with Brew Baker being the first woman signed in AEW, kind of being the flag bearer for women's division in the beginning, um, and being, you know, the kind of the first homegrown women's star of AEW. And, you know, Soraya, you know, Soraya's like, hey, this is my house because I built 
basically women's wrestling for the last since 20 uh, before 2014 off the top of my head and it's like wait a minute you weren't here this is my house i'm the one that started this i was the first one signed so i look at that and i think it's uh intriguing storyline that's how i'm taking it again i heard people are taking it different um i'm very interested to see how this match turns because um obviously sarai hasn't wrestled in five years and so I don't know what to expect, but um, I wish, I will say this, I wish them both the best, and I hope they tear down the house. I will say this. Unless Soraya turns heel, the only, Brit, and Brit, if Britt loses, she is going to get booed out of the building. AEW fans are fiercely loyal to the AEW originals. So, yeah, I don't think this looks good for old uh, Soraya unless she turns heel or does some heelish shit where she's expecting to get booed because this match, once it starts and she does the finger, DMD, the whole crowd's going to be on Brit's side. And I, I could see it going 60-40, 70-30 Brit, but that's about as much as I see. So Soraya better be working heel. It's interesting, yeah. You've seen a, and I think the it's because of the punk thing, though. It's like you've seen a lot more of like you know we're holding on to our originals. Fuck these new people because it's just toxicity that we don't need and messes with our locker room uh, mentality and stuff like that. We don't want it, and, and it's not a good thing for Soraya. I don't think she deserves it because um, she, she's never been looked at as any type of locker room issue. Everybody exactly. loves Soraya. Everything that hold happened on, with on. her, I actually got to add to that. Everything right. that happened with her happened outside of, really outside of wrestling. That's what I was going to allude to was that Soraya is actually a polarizing person because of of her relationships that she has outside professional wrestling. She has a lot of heat with with wrestling fans, and and I think really, especially women wrestling fans. Um, because of her significant other and the, and his sketchy background, so she is a very so what you just said right now, Austin. But on top of that, having that having that relationship with the sketchy background is making her really put polarizing character. The way I've seen it, it's either you love Soraya because what she did, or you hate Soraya for her being the person she is. And I think added to that was her coming out with that apparel. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a non-AEW shirt in the beginning that was essentially created by her significant other. And then the song that she comes out to is by her significant other. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting dynamic for sure. And I think there could be uh, an interesting fan reaction. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited for the match, but it's 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 a weird time, though, still. The, the AEW fans are very, very much really trying to uh, pedestal those 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 pedestals that AEW has, and the OEGs that they that started the company, and they really hold on to those people tight and fuck anybody else who comes in that's new. Because you know what, we don't need another CM Punk, is what people are saying, which I get. Uh, Sting and Darby versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Um, and Darby, I feel like. Or do I feel like that? And um. Nah, I'm going to give it to Jared and Lethal because fuck it, honestly. Again, if there's a match that I'm not looking forward to the most, it's probably this one. And it, it's got one of my favorite wrestlers in it with Darby. 
it's unfortunate, but I just I don't know what the fuck this is going to be. And I'm just kind of in a wait and see mindset. But I'll just go with Lethal and Jarrett because you know what? Why not? Le- Jarrett just got signed. Give him a victory. Give him some heat. Go ahead. Uh, JR, go ahead to you. Uh, I have a little bit of a soft spot for uh, that guy that's J E double F J A double R E double T. That's double J Jeff Jarrett because I grew up, you know, the beginning days of the asylum of TNA. So I have a soft spot for Jeff Jarrett. I'm actually happy to see him on television. I don't know why, but I just like Jeff Jarrett. Um, the this match though is one of those ones where it's like you know we, you talk about selling pay per views or selling you know tickets things on icon and having them on that card you know helps that so um, it's just it's very weird. I actually was telling Floyd I looked it up. They wrestled in 1999, 2000. 2010, and here we are in 2022. We're seeing Jeff Jarrett versus Sting. I'm surprised there wasn't anything of them down in Memphis before Sting broke out in the NWA. So um, back in '88. So I, to it, I just like Jeff Jarrett. Um, but I think Darby and Sting has to win. I mean, they're. I think Darby needs needs something, man. I, I feel really bad for him because I feel like, you know, he had that TNT Championship run, but. He just kind of, and I was thinking of this, and I, it may sound mean, but I feel like since they they hooked him up with Sting, it's like a catch twenty two where it's like he's gonna be near the top of the card because he's with Sting and he's Darby Allen has a lot of fanfare, but it's almost like he's not progressing and moving into the next stratosphere because of his connection with Sting. Because we've seen him, especially on pay per views, I think we we had him with Kyle O'Reilly, and then we had him. With MJF, but I think the rest, the other times he's always in these triple, th- these uh, six man tags or, or or tag team matches with Sting. If you would have asked twelve year old Floyd in nineteen ninety three that you would have said, "Hey, in two thousand twenty two, in your forty first year on this beautiful earth, Sting and Jeff Jarrett not only would still be wrestling." But they would be on a match on a pay-per-view for a new company that's been around. I would say, you're drunk. This is a fever dream. I don't really watch sci-fi. Okay? This is crazy. Who asked for this? Who asked for this? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I I called it. I, I went with my own little direction. I think they really, you know, I think they're trying to gonna work with Satnam Singh. So I think the match will get into the little part where it's breaking down. I think Sotnam Singh choke slams Darby or Sting. Jeff Jarrett gets the pin, and they get the big win in full gear. And Jeff Jarrett's first big match back in AEW, undefeated. They beat Sting and Darby Allin. I feel like we're in this point in time where, you know, like Sting debuted two years ago. Two years, uh, two years ago next month. Winter's coming 2020 is when he debuted. I don't know how long his contract is for, but I just think they might be winding down on Sting's youth the company. And Darby might be going his separate ways, so they maybe use this to maybe get a new ally or something like that. But I think he's, Darby should be transitioning away from Sting. I would agree with that as well. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's and it, Like I said, it, it, as uh, JR said, JR said, you know, it, I think it is hindering him getting over at this point. 
At this point in time, yes. Uh, you then have Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose versus the TBS Championship. I love Nyla. I love this version of Nyla that we're getting, but Jade's been unstoppable. Jade wins this match pretty easily, I feel like. Um, you know, man, I probably feel like I've been very critical of Full Gear, but the more we talk about it, it's like I find more things I like about it. Like, I love this interaction between Jade and Nyla. Like, I feel it's brought out a kind of a different, a different side of both of them. You know, uh, Nyla's fucking hilarious. Like, when you see her on TV, it's like, I kind of want to tell Tony, like, get her away from Vicky and just have her do this, like, by herself, just nonstop. Like, because she is quick-witted and funny. Um, and, I, you know, the match, this has kind of been teased for, like, a year. I remember when they were at, going back to All Out 2021 where they did the the women's casino battle royale, um, you know, these two kind of heavyweights essentially for, for women. Um, I'm not happy to see it. I, I've, I've loved their interactions with one another. Um, and so I hope it's focusing more on them, Jade versus Nyla, and not the extra individuals at ringside. So um, I'm going to go. It's one of those things though, with Jade, like she's unstoppable, but like eventually. You know, someone's going to, it's like, you know, obviously you compare it to the other street, Goldberg. It's like, who's going to, who's going to derail the street? Like we thought it was, thought it was maybe Athena. Um, You know, I don't know. Like, you know, I could see Nyla cause she's a monster, but I just don't, I feel like it's going to be somebody that they want to build up to like a superstar, a superstardom. And now that as being a former champion, it's kind of already there as, as one, as was one of the top heels. So, um, I'm gonna go with Jade though. I wouldn't be surprised if Nyla wins though. I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna say this. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, old Nyla to pull the upset in the end of streak. I she's a AEW original. People like her. She's really funny, and you know her talking, carrying that torch of how she broke the streak and carrying that flag of how she broke the streak and being really annoying to Jade could be another three months of television. All right. I guess I'll be in the minority. Uh, well, actually, no, because Jared agreed with me. Duh. Um, you have the four words. They do this thing. I'm sorry. I also do this thing. And Floyd gets annoyed at me because I always say, like, I told you I was right. He's like, you gave two answers. I'm like, I gave two answers. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> If you say every right. possible answer, you're going to be right. I promise. At least every. at least once. <laughs> All right. Four-way match for the Ring of Honor World Championship between Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. The heart of my soul wants it to be Danielson. I want it to be Danielson so bad. I really, really do. But I think Jericho continuing to be uh, Ring of Honor World Champion is something that they want to be able to try to sell it to be on television. So I think just for safety reason, they'll keep it on Jericho. But my heart and soul wants Danielson to hold the uh, Ring of Honor World Championship. Because if there's any way for you to get fans that are like kind of jaded with Ring of Honor being on TV all the time, Danielson being the champion of Ring of Honor and running the ba- holding the banner high for ROH is a good way of being able to get people to kind of calm the fuck down about the Ring of Honor integration. But that's my opinion. But I still think it's going to be Jericho. I, I agree with you. I think Jericho is going to continue it. I just, uh, especially you look at, 
I, I keep alluding to this when you, but you have to when you have Ring of Honor champions involved in this pay per view is going into final battle. Ring, um, I think Jericho being there helps sell pay per views. And in fact, you said Brian Danielson it gave me an idea. What if Brian Danielson is about to win and Jericho interferes or something happens, you know, breaks with the pin, and then it leads to Brian Danielson versus Jericho at final battle as the main event? That would be a selling point, I feel like. This is free information, Tony Khan. Free. Just give give Floyd free tickets. I can't make it to Texas. Just give him free tickets for a row. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I am going to go with Jericho because I think you and it's it's the the easiest, most lame reason ever. You got you got a pay per view to sell, and you know who's gonna help sell that ROH pay per view? Chris Jericho with his name on the top. So there you go. You have the AEW Interim Women's Championship, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. I know the fans are like ravaging because they love Jamie Hayter. Um, I think Tony Storm will win the title, in my personal opinion, because uh, I don't think they're at a position right now where Thunder Rosa is ready to come back yet. And I think Tony Storm will still be your Interim Women's Champion. That's just my opinion, uh, but I'll go ahead and send it off to JR. Uh, but I got Tony Storm. I'm going to go with. Um... Because I have to be extra, I'll give you the winner, and then I'll give you a new storyline. Um, I'm gonna say Soraya. I can say Taylor. Soraya wins. Jamie Hader is the new interim women's champion, and your next feud is not Soraya versus Jamie Hader. It's Britt Baker turning on Jamie Hader for feel like she stole her spotlight, and Jamie Hader is gonna feud with Britt Baker over the interim women's championship. As Jamie turns baby face. I do like that. I do like that. Yeah, I just think Tony Storm wins. I think we need to get Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa eventually. I think that needs to happen before you can move on. So uh, I'm going to go with Tony Storm. All right. Your AEW World Tag Team Championship match between the Acclaimed and Swerve in our glory. There is no way in hell that the Acclaimed does not win this. This is their belts. They have been running wild on the tag team division. Again, FTR, in my opinion, should be in here as well for a three-way tag match. I digress. The acclaimed wins this. Um, not only acclaimed wins this, uh, Swerve will be turning heel. Turns uh, heel, so. yeah. I think this this is the breaking up of Swerve in our glory. I'll completely agree. Uh, yeah, Swerve in our glory is done. The claims you're, you're going to retain the tag team titles. All right. John Moxley versus MJF for the AEW World Championship. Now, with this being MJF's uh, big match uh, and things kind of being out of whack because of what this match was originally going to be, um, I think that because of everything that has transpired, and I think if there's anything that 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 they the that AEW wants to do to get the fans galvanized about AEW again, you make MJF your world champion. He has resigned. He is now beloved by the fans since returning and being uh, kind of the shining light in the darkness for AEW of the thing that no matter what happens, MJF is consistently so fucking good. I don't think he turns babyface because I think a babyface MJF does no good because it, it, it goes against everything that he stands for. Um, but I do think MJF does win the title. 
And Floyd brought up this point too, and uh, I'll kind of—I don't want to steal it, but basically, whatever what Floyd's opinion is on this match and how it goes, I agree with 100% when we get to him because I don't want to—I don't want to spoil it. I want him to say what his thoughts are because I agree with it once he said it before the show started. Um, well, we'll go to Jr. though first. Or I will, first, or I will wanna, jump in front of Jr. Jump so, in. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Right. So William Regal's turning on Mox. That's how I've seen it. That's how I'm gonna see it. William Regal's turning on rocks. I feel like they've done two. First of all, William Regal did not get attacked tonight. He just got held, and he didn't put up much of a fight. Uh, second of all, they've made the big issue about him not using the diamond di- uh, diamond ring, and I think it's going to get to the point in the match where MJF can use the diamond ring, and he's going to take it off, and uh, William Regal's going to jump on it, and it looks like he's going to be trying to stop him. Then he's going to hand him the brass knucks. Uh, MJF is going to hit Mox with the brass knucks and become your new AEW champion because, you know, the biggest trick the devil ever pulled is showing the uh, world he doesn't exist. Well, you know what? You got to go to a bigger devil, the guy that really taught people out of the devil, a true villain, William Regal. There you go. Now, the JR? Man, uh, I was going to say the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And that devil isn't uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. That devil is the villain himself, William Regal. And I thought you were going to say Marty Scroll for a second. Um, who? I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> so... Um, is it the English villain that, that William Regal goes by? I just said it, the gentleman villain. Are you not paying Thank attention you so to much. me? I apologize. I am paying attention. I apologize because uh, I was thinking about my. I was thinking about my 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 what I was going to say in my head as you were talking, but I was paying attention. But I think talk about a reset. MJF, the best heel that we've been saying since like 2019. The minute that he signed, the minute that he turned on Cody Rhodes at, at full gear 2019. What another great heel turn at full gear would be William Regal. And um, I I don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but it's definitely going to be what Floyd said, uh, somewhere between brass knuckles. It could be, it may not even be, I think uh, William Regal may end up hitting Moxley himself with the brass knuckles. But I mean, MGF coming out on Wednesday with the AEW World Heavyweight Championship around his waist and William Regal as his second. And um, I I, I feel bad for... uh, Two groups of people. One, anybody who bought Swerving or Glory merchandise. And two, anybody that bought Blackpool Combat Club merchandise. Because that will cease to exist after Sunday. Okay. Yeah, but I'm excited. I'm just excited for that moment. I'm just continuing on with uh, MJF being a champion. Uh, Like, for me, this would be like crazy full circle. You know, because, you know, Cody was the first guy to actually put him, you know, put him over. And it was like, it was building to this when everybody was talking about the first four and who's next and the whole CM Punk. Because honestly, Austin knows this. Everyone knows this. This is supposed to be CM Punk in this role. And and I mean, in my head, it works better with CM Punk in this role. But yes, but Mox has stepped up on another level. I'm like, he may not ever be my favorite wrestler, 
But if you're talking about 2022 MVP of AEW, there is no doubt. There is one, a Grand Canyon, then you maybe put somebody else at two. Maybe the claimed or, you know, claimed FDR. But Mox is the MVP of AEW. He has carried this company during, through a very difficult period, couple difficult periods. When they need somebody to go to, they go to Moxley. So, I, I, you know, I don't even know if he loses. You know, I think he does. But, dude, very, no person I respect more than John Moxley. No question. He has carried this company on his back. He truly has been the heart and soul of AEW from the jump. And I got nothing but love and respect for him. But that is our preview for Full Gear. Uh, real quick, we got a couple headlines we want to get to. So, Floyd, you can jump on those real quick before we close out this show. All right. Headlines. Uh, AEW in London 2023. We have not got a specific date. One of my sources of a source of a source says it is going to be at the end of June 2023. So, my, I had a speculation that it might be revolution might be in London, but that might be, that that looks like it might be incorrect. Uh, if my source of a source is correct with it being in June, which actually for me would be perfect for June, that gives me plenty of time to to, to save. I can pretty much block off my summer, and that's all I do for the summer. It, it, that would be perfect. I can take my wife to London. We could spend our week there. So I hope that's when it is. They also added new. They're they're hitting two new two ter- new territories on Dynamite. AEW is going to go Phoenix on February twenty second, and then they're doing a double dip on on the March first and third in San Francisco at the Cow Palace. That's where we previously heard rumors that uh, Revolution was going to be. So maybe they might be doing. They might do. Dynamite and full uh, Dynamite and Rampage as one ticket, and then just do Revolution as his own separate ticket. I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, I'm rooting for it no matter what. And Bandito is officially all elite. Um, I don't know if we discussed it on the last show. I don't remember. It wasn't really in the notes, so I just wanted to throw it out there. He actually got the placard. Uh, the rumors on his deal is. Basically, he didn't want to move to America, so it's a three-year deal for a certain amount of dates. So he is all elite, and you've heard earlier how we feel about Bandito. And I believe that's all the news for the week. All right. Well, then I think that will close things out on this episode of All Things Elite, as Full Gear is only a few days away. We will bring you guys our review of Full Gear once the show wraps up. Um, and we'll try to get that out before Dynamite uh, next week. But uh, thank you guys again so much for listening to the show. Thank you to our good friend JR constantly coming through and being on the show. JR, can you please let the lovely people know where they can find you on social media? I know you're not on currently, but where can people find them if they find you if they love you so much? You know, it, it's always a pleasure to be on the show with you guys and talking and talking wrestling. And for those who listen, you know, the fact that, you know, even if one person thinks what I say is sound somewhat intelligent, that means that I did something right. So I appreciate everybody. Um, and you can find me uh, on Twitter at Lucha Professor. And I, I'll leave you all with this as we're going to the holiday season. Everybody uh, have a have a blessed holiday season with your friends, family, loved ones. Uh, be Stay healthy, stay safe out there and uh, and much love to everyone. 
All right. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to All Things Elite. You can support us by downloading this fun show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, you can give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. Actually, you can't do that anymore because that's not a thing anymore. Forget that I said that. But you guys can can support us by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are a, at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I will pass it off to Floyd. He can close us out on this episode of All Things Elite. Hey, uh, thank you for all for tuning into this episode of All Things Elite. I love when uh, good old JR is on the show because he definitely adds a different way of looking at it. And we get three different views. So, you know, tr- definitely going to keep trying to keep him on the uh, uh, the big shows like Full Gear and things like that. Um but we, yeah, we appreciate you listening to the show. We put it out a day earlier so we can get as much in day later, so we can get as much in. So I know you're used to listening to us right before Dynamite, but you get to. We're probably going to be the first pa- podcast recorded after Dynamite, so we'll get this uploaded on Thursday. Always, you want to reply? Let us know what you think. Uh, hit any of us up. We really appreciate it. As we are in. The Christmas season. I really uh, just want to just tell everybody to make sure they're looking out and loving everybody. And uh, y'all leave you how I always leave you, whether it's home, work, or school. Always do your best to be elite.